Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. It's the details that matter. So welcome to Dr. Christian's story, part three, and I hope you gather something from it. But let me tell you, I find my way to get into that room. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I used to be a very shy boy. Okay. But that day, I, was, I said, I am playing all my life here, whether mm-hmm. I fail or I mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. That's why I managed everything to find my way in that hall where I was not invited. I went to seek somewhere far back. Mm. So I was looking at him mm. and the guys, in fact, the person is still my current director today. He was okay. called Apollinaire and that time he was the technology manager at Baker. Okay. I never knew him before. I never met him, never heard about him before. Mm. So at the end of his conference, mm. there were lecturers around him, chatting, discussing with him, etc. Mm-hmm. I just decided I will talk to this man before he leave this campus. Mm-hmm. So if he was moving one step, I move one step. If he moves backward <laughs> one step, I also move to make sure that I keep at least the same distance with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are stuck, like literally. <laughs> yes. So as soon as I found a little gap between me and him, so when the lecturers a bit give uh, gave the, the away, mm. I went to him. I had maximum a minute to express all my problems. Mm. So I went to him. I joined to him. I introduced myself. Mm. I did everything in less than forty five seconds. What? Introducing myself. Mm. I'm doing this. These are my problems. I heard you are working somewhere. You can help me. This is how you can help me. He said, who are you? I repeated what I was saying. (laughs) He said, wow. (laughs) Then he gave me his business card. Uh He said, write to me Uh and send me your your concept note. Uh So that's what I did. That time, internet was not like today. I was not Uh having a private computer. So I went to a cyber, cyber, uh, how do we call it? Cyber cafe. Cyber cafe. Mm. That is where I went, but a one hour connection, Mm. sit on a computer and type my concept note, two pages. That time Baker was requesting only two pages, what concept note. Mm. So I sent to that email Mm. and I think it is what he sent to Rob Skelton was mm. the capacity building officer at that time mm. who evaluated it. And that's mm. how November 2011, I received the email from uh, Rob Skilton. Mm. Yes, informing me about the good news. That's how I found myself in Kenya in 2012. 
Did you rehearse that 45 second introduction? No, you know, when you are now given the opportunity to say better, mm. for me, I wanted the first 45 seconds mm. was to say something before he leaves. Mm. Now, when he wanted to listen more, I took that's more when you time. explain more. Yeah, yeah explain more. And that's <laughs> how he gave me the opportunity. He gave me his business card. You know, I'm laughing because it's, it's funny, just imagine, I'm just in my head, imagining a place, I don't know how you entered that room, but you just sat somewhere aiming at someone you've never met. You've just had rumors that this guy, but they can help you. Then yes. you just sit somewhere and you're aiming at someone. This person doesn't know that he's being aimed. So when he moves, someone is moving. <laughs> no, I and, had to succeed. Yeah, I, I love that. I had to at least talk to him. That's why mm. I don't know how I manage to cross the door because mm. there was a, a security person at the door normally checking mm. who I, but yeah. I don't know how I crossed the door but I was inside <laughs> and I it's, it's, it. <laughs> it's the resilience for me <laughs> yeah that's my life uh, thanks for sharing that story <laughs> wow um, so <laughs> So, um, how long did you, did it take for you? Because after you finished your PhD, uh, were you still in Kenya or did you go back to Cameroon? No, when I finished my uh, Tiambo, fellowship here, yes. Can you come closer to where you uh, were? Move to yeah. where you were before. Is it okay now? Yes, now that's better oh, okay. sound. Because the other way you're sounding, there's a lot of echo from the background. Okay. Okay. So when, when I finish my fellowship here. Mm. I, I returned to Cameroon. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was returning, I had an offer to for another university. Mm. So I moved that I moved to that university when I started okay. teaching. Which university? University of Boya. Okay. Yes. And uh, this is where I finally implemented the grant I told you. Oh, the one that you wrote and you succeeded. Mm-hmm. The first one. It was my very first grant. Tell me about that. I, people don't talk about this, by the way. People don't talk about the grant writing and <laughs> the sadness or happiness that comes out of it. Can you talk about <laughs> that? Because <laughs> this is all yeah. your first Yes, it was my very first one. Mm. So I was, when I was here then doing uh, that fellowship, mm. uh, Dr. Njike, a pioneer here, received mm. that call for proposal mm. for the African Brazil marketplace concept mode. So he shared with the fellows, and I just took it as an opportunity. I started writing on it. Mm. And uh, I had to look for a partner also in Brazil because it need to be a partnership between uh, Brazil and, and uh, the Uya host institution. Mm-hmm. So I had a partner from Imbrapa, Imbrapa mm-hmm. Pantanal. We are still collaborating very well today. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about an idea how I can use the poultry production system to improve the livelihood of Populations around me. Mm-hmm. So I started writing the concept note. I share a bit with almost everybody here, including mm-hmm. the 
communication officer that was Ethel Makila was the mm-hmm. communication officer breaker. I share mm-hmm. with Val Allo was mm-hmm. the managing the capacity buildings and even some other social associates. So everybody mm-hmm. with that discrimination they gave me ideas. Mm-hmm. So I just use that to amend what I was already having. Mm-hmm. Then I was to organize also a call with the partner in Brazil to share the ideas and we build it all together. Mm-hmm. But when it was uh, when the concept note was ready, mm-hmm. uh, I can say semi-ready. Now I had to finalize it with the partners. So I used uh, I requested few days leave mm-hmm. from the. Baker management that time, mm. and I was staying here at the hostels. So I spent almost, I think, uh, four days mm. in the room, mm. going out only for lunch and returning to my room to write that proposal. And I was mm. using the opportunity of the internet availability in Baker. Let me tell you, mm. internet at Erie was for me also a great thing, transformation, because back home or in the mm. national system, we mm. never, never got such performance of internet. Mm. So I was Skyping, uh, using Skype to chat with my colleagues from Brazil almost every day mm. to fine tune the proposals, to work on the budget, etc. Mm. And the project was on sustainable breeding of indigenous poultry mm-hmm. to improve livelihood of population mm-hmm. using locally available material. Mm-hmm. So the essence of the concept note was to, of course, working with local chicken, mm-hmm. producing chicks that we disseminate to the population, mm-hmm. Farmers, of course, women and youth, we train them how to raise the chicken. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, how to use locally available free ingredients to formulate good quality feed mm-hmm. and give to your farmers and how to use ethnopharmacopoeia. It means locally available plant with medicinal properties mm-hmm. to replace commercial uh, poultry drugs mm-hmm. to make sure that even the farmers in remote areas with mm. access to no feed store, access to no vet, can mm. still produce and satisfy their need for incomes or uh, food security or whatever. Mm. And when doing that, we also notice that one of the challenge is access to chicks. That's why we set in the project, a mm. hatchery mm-hmm. to brood the chicks, vaccinate them, and mm. give them, distribute them at one month home to farmers and monitor mm. them. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges also in the project was feed. When you give much feed to mm. your grandmother at home, a mm. lot is wasted because by natural behavior of the poultry, they used to scratch the ground when they are feeding, uh-huh. it means that there is a lot of waste of that marsh field. That's why we also decided to be pelleting the feed mm. before giving to farmers. 
and we train them also doing that in such a way that each pellet mm. has almost all, all the nutrients that the chicken will need and in mm. the morning before releasing the semi-scavenging production systems mm. the farmer in the rural areas can just pick a handful mm. uh, full hand of the pellet throw mm. to the chicks they feed before mm. they are released to for scavenging over the day and that really improved the performance of the animals and some are still using the systems of course we also introduce some of the locally improved breed that mm-hmm. still, we call it the cabby chicken you can still find them anyway a lot of farmers are still developing it alongside mm-hmm. with some of the improved breeds that we have okay yeah uh, just talking about that, why is it important to improve breeds of chicken for someone who is so into you need to put the indigenous or rather the Kienyeji as we say it here. I'm assuming that's the same thing, right? Yeah. So why is it important to improve the breed of chicken? Okay, well... So there is a sentence that I used to put in court. People used to say uh, indigenous chicken are less productive. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is somehow true. Mm. Their performances are lower than the mm. the exotic breeds which are also available. Mm. But the input, their need for input are also lower. That's why I used to put that in court. Because mm-hmm. if your output is low, because your input are also low, at the end is the balance between the to to see what is the the, the benefit, what is the, are the benefit for the farmers. Mm-hmm. But we also notice that while improving just few things in the production system, the management of your flock, mm-hmm. and also uh, putting in some animals which can increase the performance or the productivity while still coping with the local production systems, mm-hmm. with the skills of our farmers to manage them, was very important. That's mm-hmm. why we decided to move a bit from the pure local chicken mm-hmm. to those which are still locally adapted, mm-hmm. but a little bit more productive. Okay. But we always have to put them in the good production system, the good conditions for them mm-hmm. to express their best potential. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, now you've gotten this grant. Oh, now you've you had you you're in the writing process of the grant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So te- you you're telling a story about the grant writing. Yes, I was telling you. I spent. I spent a week here writing mm. the grant mm. and coming out only lunchtime to eat. Then finally we submitted and it was successful by the time I was returning to Cameroon. Mm. Uh, it took some time and then finally we implemented it. And it was a very, very good success also locally. And I think it's still also that model is still uh, used for many people in different countries. Oh, you implemented it where? In Cameroon, in Cameroon. 
Oh, so you, you Cameroon and Brazil. We, we implemented in Cameroon oh. and in Brazil. Okay. Ah. Yeah. So you're still at that time. You're still a lecturer at Boya. Yes, I was still lecturer at Boya. So we implemented the the project from 2013 to 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then after 2015, what happened? Okay, the grant ended. Of course, I was already highly involved with uh, Jacob here, Pausti. Mm-hmm. Wait, and, how uh, were you? Uh, I don't know. You've kept mentioning that Pausti Jacob, mm-hmm. which is actually in Kenya. Mm-hmm. How were you a lecturer in Kenya while in Cameroon? Okay, generally the Pan African universities on the annual base they ha- they have call for expert or for lecturers to mm. come and support in teaching, research, supervision, mm. or just being examinator for the PhD and MSc, for example. So I applied mm. and I was selected. Mm. That's how it's from 2015, 2016, I started teaching at Pausti. But in Cameroon, I was also teaching in some other private university, of course. When oh, I'm so you're supervising while you're still in Cameroon. You're teaching while you're still in Cameroon. Yes, coming to was Kenya it online? for a block oh. period. No, yeah, coming to Kenya, stay here for a month or more. Mm. Just time for you to cover all your lectures, to evaluate mm. and uh, return. Oh, okay. So while right now when coming to Pasti, Adjuja, mm. yes, I was also using that opportunity to come to Ilri, to take mm. my students from Juja to Ilri for, to see exactly the kind of science Ilri and Baker was mm. doing. Mm. And, uh, of course, that time I was also doing some consultancies with the African Union, uh, AUI bar here, mm. still on livestock, whatever. Mm. So, yeah, remember I told you when I was, uh, that gap I had during my PhD, I used that as an opportunity to build my capacities on consultancies, working yeah. with local communities at the ground mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why is it important, why was it important to you to bring your students to Ilri and see what is happening? Yes, imagine during Because I'm lecture. imagining this is not part of your mandate, really. You're just coming to teach. Why was it important for you to do that? Yes. Um, when we are teaching, mm. for us, it's not, for a lecturer, it's not, we, just, we are not just uh, focusing at giving notes to farmers, to teachers, to students, evaluating for them to have marks and graduate. You try also to connect them to the real world of their domain. Mm. So while teaching at Pausti, when I was talking about Baker, Ilri, etc., many of them were not aware, even mm. Kenyans. Mm-hmm. Even even those, because at Pausti, mm. they have international students, students they select from different parts of Africa. Mm. But I noticed that even uh, Kenyans there, had no ideas. Sometimes even lecturers have never been at Ilri. Mm-hmm. And we are talking about biotechnology at Juja, mm-hmm. and we are doing a lot of animal biotechnologies and crop biotechnologies here. Mm-hmm. They just need that connection. Mm-hmm. And my vision from those Pan-African students was that they should be Pan-Africanists. 
Mm. Even if they are coming from Egypt or from Sudan or South Africa, mm. they are not meant to work only in their home country. So they need mm. to be connected to where the opportunities are. Uh, yeah. And where the right sense can or can really build their capacities. That's why uh, while there I connected to I think it was the now Wellington here mm. leading the capacity building. Mm. And uh, I don't know who else was uh, the head of Baker at that time. And I'll say yes, they approved the visit mm. with uh, Josephine. Mm. And I came here one day to organize how it will be, etc., how many students will be coming. And uh, on the other side, I was organizing with the Pausti management for mm. them to avail a car to organize the trip, etc. Oh, so it was so, a school trip was like a school trip, yes. Okay. So, finally, and I also organized a meeting with uh, um, Aisha, director. Mm. Yes, which is, uh, Aisha is uh, regulating uh, uh, agriculture, biotechnology. It's contributing to build the capacity and to the regulations of biotechnology in Africa. And it is what the, the students are learning about at Georgia. Mm. So it was important for me to use that opportunity to meet Baker, to introduce them to Baker and to Aisa. Mm. Aisa in full? Is, Can you say to someone who doesn't, who's hearing and doesn't know what Aisa is? Aisa is just here across the road within Erie campus. Mm. It's international service for uh, agro, agri-biotech application mm. yeah I, I need to go through the three a's which are there uh international international service for acquisition of agribiotic applications exactly that's mm. it mm-hmm. yeah so okay yeah so you can continue yeah so that's how uh, i brought some students here we also took some connections and finally some past students I've been doing their, completing their research from Ildi, from Baker here as mm. a fellow. Mm. Yeah. So I can say that was also a successful investment. Mm. And if you go through the Baker record, you see that many students have completed their fellowship from here using the facilities, the good supervisions that they have, and the high quality science that Ildi is making. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's why my idea has always been when working with students, connect them to mm. the domains of applications. It can be academies, can be research, can be industry. Yes, give them the opportunity to really fly high. 